Are you a kiddo who dreams? Kinky dreams? Dreams of wearing pants like the ones you grew up with? Well, golly gee, dream no more. Kinky Dreams specializes in printing cute vintage designs of diaper prints, superheroes, and cartoon characters on adult diapers. These handcrafted pants will leave you feeling your full baby fantasy. If you want to get your grabby hands on one of these one-of-a-kind diapers, make sure to use promo code PLAYTIME for 10% off all Kinky Dreams products. Kinky Dreams, making your little dreams come true. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsies Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to leak from my cage, because I've been locked up for weeks. How's all my locked boys doing? I am doing good. I'm really proud about that I have been consistent in the last couple of weeks. Um, This is, uh, we're going to reach, when we reach two weeks, that will be the longest I have ever been locked. So I'm really excited to keep going. I feel motivated. I feel like I can do it. I've had a I've had a lot of slutty adventures. They've been fun. Like I might have hooked up with someone while I was at work on my lunch break. So there was that. And then over the weekend, ooh, over the weekend, so my partner, my boyfriend texted me saying, "How's my little locked boy doing?" And I was like, "Uh, horny." And he said, well, when you get home, um, I'm going to have a surprise for you. And I was like, okay, cool. What is it? And he's like, you'll have to see. And so I drove home. And when I got home, he had this this black mat. I've posted pictures on it on my Instagram and Twitter. But it's like this black mat that has these rings on it that you can like tie someone down with. And so he said, all right, strip down, boy. And so I stripped down to my jock strap. And he locked me onto this little mat and he went to town and it was very enjoyable not to get into all the details. And then over the weekend, I had some friends with benefits over. And so that was a lot of fun. I don't know. I've just been living my whole life. I'm enjoying it. It's been fun. I'm trying to be as safe as I can. Um, but it is definitely getting to me and Twitter, I don't know about you, but Twitter has become this pitfall where if, even if I go on Twitter, it's like, I go into this, this rabbit hole of like going through all these profiles. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been an hour. Like I need to get back to work. And so yes, Twitter and Dick has been on the mind, but I'm still going strong. I'm taking all the advice I've learned over the next couple of weeks. And I know you, if you are locked, I know you are probably straining as well. So let's get a check-in with Bro Sitter. Hey, a sport. How's everything going? Kind of getting a bit tougher, huh? Yeah, you're right in the thick of it, aren't you? But you've made it halfway. Look at you. So big and strong, you're really doing big bro proud. Yeah. Do you like that big guy? Yeah, you want to make big bro proud, don't you? That's a good boy. Ooh, ouch. Did that make your cage sting? I'll bet a lot of things do that now, don't they? Showering, looking at other men, thinking about your cage... Thinking about men being uncaged. 
feeling your big wet diaper pressing up against it, imagining all sorts of things happening to you in your cage, getting embarrassed for it, getting praised for it. You're at that point where everything is exciting, isn't it? Oh, you poor little thing. It must make you squirmy thinking about where your key is right now. Is it with a friend? A grown-up? A place you can't reach? You imagine it a lot, don't you? About how easy it would be to just take it out and let out all that pressure? But she won't do that, will you? You're not allowed to. I won't allow you to. Nope. You'd better get used to it. You're halfway there, buddy. You can do this. I'll check in with you next week. Be good. Thank you, bro sitter, for checking our cages. I want to turn now to Newsies News. So the month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I thought we could have the grown-up conversation of what is domestic violence and what does it mean within the kink community? So the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence defines domestic violence as the willingful intimidation, physical assault, battery, sexual assault, and or abusive behavior used by one intimate partner against another. It could involve physical, sexual, threats, economic, emotional, psychological abuse. Some numbers, 1 in 4 women and 1 in 10 men experience domestic violence in their lifetime, and 1 in 71 men in the U.S. have reported being raped in their lifetime. So most people think that, you know, an abuser could is like this seedy person, you know, in the dark and, you know, is just all-around bad person where in fact, one study found that 90% of abusers don't actually have a criminal record, right? They could be anyone. They could be, you know, your own partner. You, it could be someone that you're close with. Um, so what are some traits of someone that might be an abuser? They deny or minimalize the seriousness of the violence. Abusers usually objectify the victims as property. Abusers blame the violence on circumstances like stress, partner's behavior, or substances. And what are some red flags? Uh, extreme jealousy, verbal abuse, forced sex, accusations of the victim flirting, and wanting to know the victim's whereabouts. And so what does this mean for kinksters within the community? You know, because domestic violence isn't just for, for you know, straight people. It's not just for, like, non, non-kinky people. It could, it could happen to anyone. And so I wanted to explore what about domestic violence within the kink community? So Diane Ryan, who is a California licensed counselor and sex therapist, says the main difference between kink and abuse is consent. In kink, the receiver and the giver, the dom or the sub, initiate or agree to the terms of the scene. What does this mean? Terms of the scene could be what is off limits. So if you're playing with another ABDL, it could be, you know, I don't want a mess or I don't want baby talk. That could be a limit. What can happen? You know, where could the scene go? Could the scene go into a little space? Could the scene develop into messing? Um, And is sex involved? You know, a lot of ABDLs that I talk with say that, you know, sex isn't 
on the highest list of priorities when they meet up with another ABDL or DL. You know, they just want that other interaction with someone that wears a diaper. And is aftercare involved? You know, after a scene, is the person who you are with going to provide aftercare? Is the person that you're with going to not provide aftercare? You know, these are questions that you should bring up before the scene starts. For me, I don't usually like the aftercare to come from the person I'm just, you know, been in a scene with or just hung out with. I usually like my aftercare to come from my partner. And then check-ins throughout the scene and safe words, right? Safe words and check-ins are so important to to when you're with with when you're with someone who you're having a scene with, whether it be ABDL, BDSM, um, any any type of those scenes. Safe words allow the scene to stop when you've reached your limit, right? Once you've reached your limit, you should have a safe word to say, please stop. I, you know, this has become too much for me. And then check-ins allow the scene to develop, right? Um, when you are going through a scene and maybe you're not into it, right? We all, at least speaking from experience, you know, there are times where I'm with another person and I'm just not turned on by the scene anymore. And yes, it's kind of awkward because we're not taught this in school or we're not taught this in general. But when you have these check-ins, it allows the other person to say, hey, I'm not, I'm not feeling this anymore. Could we, could we try this? And then the scene develops from there. And then you're able to like regain, you know, the sexual vibes or regain the pleasantness of the scene. So check-ins allow the scene to develop. And then she also said that enthusiastic consent should be woven into the scene. That's the constant check-ins. That's the safe word. That's that's making sure that both parties within the scene are are in control. And that's the main difference between abuse and kink is control. A control is the goal. See, abusers often feel helpless, so they violate another person's power so that they can feel powerful. And that shouldn't happen. I always when I was reading that, it reminded me of this one scene that I did where my partner and I wanted to be do- wanted to be dominated. And so we live next to UCSB and we found this 18 year old with a big dick and he was like, oh, I'll dom you guys. And I was like, sure. And so, you know, my partner agreed. And so he came over and as soon as we opened the door, he said, get out of my way, faggot. And I was like, oh, all right. I guess the scene's starting now. And he went to the bedroom. We stripped naked and he started doing my partner. And then he started punching his back. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, and and see, I have a very low pain tolerance. So punching already, like just the sight of it threw me out of the scene. And I was like, I think you're being a little rough with him. And he was like, shut up. And I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, no, this scene is ending. Because it was, you know, we, we, we didn't discuss the terms. And yes, that's on us for not discussing the terms. But it's also kind of like, you know, I think I did do the scene justice by saying like, hey, I don't think punching should be necessary, especially since we didn't discuss it beforehand. So control is the goal. So what about, so what happens if you're a sub? What do you, you have the right to a safe word. You have the choice to submit. And you deserve to have your boundaries respected. What happens if you're a dom? You too also have the right to a safe word. And you are allowed to have limits. I think there's this misconception that, you know, doms are 
limitless. And that's not the case. You know, DOMs are allowed to have limits. They're, and their limits should be respected. And what happens if you're switch? You know, you have the choice to be as DOM or as sub as you want to be. And it's legitimate. And you too have the right to a safe word. So what happens if you see someone who is experiencing domestic violence or if you are experiencing domestic violence? What should you do? Create a safe plan when the abuse happens. Where should you go when the abuse happens? Who should you call when the abuse happens? And what documents should you have when the abuse happens? Find resources. I will post my resources that I discovered through through this journey um, in my show notes. Um, and what happens if you see a friend that's going through domestic violence? What should What should you do? Because your immediate thought might be, you know, I need to go save this person. And from everything I read, that's not what you should do. Instead, you should acknowledge the situation. You know, say, you know, I think you're, I think you might be experiencing something and I'm here and just know it's not your fault and you're not alone. Be supportive. Listen to them. Don't be judgmental and encourage them to find help. Because remember, no one deserves to experience abuse and everyone deserves to be in a healthy, loving relationship. Thank you, kiddos, for having that conversation with me. I want to turn now to some other big news within the ABDL community. We have a ABDL who is now a title holder. Kenzo is now the Mr. Eagle New York City 2022. And I think that's so cool because I don't see it a whole lot, title holders being, you know, diaper wearers. And so I thought it was really cool. It's really expiring that he now holds this title and he has a lot of big plans for the community. So I wanted to bring him on to Newsy's Nook and see what is his goals and what has it been like to win this title as a diaper wearer with within the leather community. So here's my conversation with Kenzo being our new Mr. Eagle, New York City, 2022. It's still surreal, honestly. Um, it's been about, I would say, almost two weeks now. And um, it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of people telling me how influential I'm part of their lives, which has been a lot of very overwhelming because it's just like, wow. I made a real big impact um, being on that stage. And, you know, it's it's been fun. It's been fun. And it's I've been having a lot of ideas in my head as well about what I want to bring to the eagle and what I want to show people what leather looks like in a lot of different aspects. Right. Talk to me a little bit. What, what work goes into becoming a title holder, for those that don't know? Ooh, it, it's a lot of work. It depends on how you, what you make of it, especially in your year. Uh, for me, um, I utilize my title work for community service and providing as much as to the community and even outside of the community as much as possible. So if I, so there'll be days where I would donate my time to the local homeless shelter or even the food bank kitchen and or either I'm at the bar raising money for um, homeless kid, homeless black youth kids here in the city, or what else have I done recently? Or um, 
just going around teaching people about the importance of being safe in kink spaces and what it looks like to be in those spaces when when you're brand new and fresh and stuff like that. Right. So being a title holder isn't just a pretty face. It's like you have to put your your foot to the ground and do the work. Absolutely. And that's the one big misconception about title holding is just uh, people always assume that you get the title and you just, that's it. Like you're this brand new celebrity when it's just like, no, once you're a title holder, you're a service to the community. So you have to provide as much service as possible to fulfill your needs, fulfill your title year. Right. And you were saying that a lot of you, that a lot of people have come to you saying that, that, you know, they're inspired by you and that they're influencing you. What, what, um, what have you inspired them to do? What are they telling you? So for Mr. Eagle, um, what, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I actually ran for this title was because as a queer black femme man, um, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me and act like me and even shared the same kinks as I did to represent that stage or even represent the IML stage. And it was very imperative to me for people to know that leather is not just the exterior that you see outside of your um, outside. So you don't have to wear in full cow all the time, but you can come up, show up, show out and express your kinks as, as long as you want to and however you want to and still be considered a leather man or leather person has has the eagle hat or at least has the new york city eagle had an abdl leather title holder are you the first that i know of no but i think i'm the first <laughs> oh it's so fun to hear <laughs> are, wait are you the first that's a leather title holder that's ABDL, that you just said? Yes. I think I'm the first. I, I think from what I know. What about just in New York City? Or at least at your in own New Eagle? York, at our own Eagle? Um, I, at our own Eagle, I think so. At, and other Eagles, I'm not quite sure because I think um, Atlanta had one at so it's far and few between. When you were running, did did your did your fellow um, contestants, um, people running for the title, did they know what ABDL was when you were running? Um, one did because one of was my fraternity brother, and I did a class for Onyx regarding ABDL previously, and so, but they didn't know that I was gonna go on stage wearing a diaper and my type of blue shorts. No one knew. <laughs> so in some ways, you're actually educating people like, hey, this is my kink and it's just as valid as, as yours. Exactly. And I did get a lot of feedback. I did get a lot of positive feedback. And I did get a lot of people saying, wow, it's, it's really validating to see that, especially in a space like that, because they didn't think that someone could represent that and be leather. Right. Yeah. You don't see it a whole lot. At least I haven't seen it a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's pretty moving, <laughs> which I, which I pretty much enjoy regarding 
all of it. <laughs> right. So now, so now that you have the title, what work are you planning on doing? Oh, uh, well, one thing that I want to do mainly is, well, there's two things that I actually want to do mainly. One is to start doing educational classes at the Eagle and here in New York City, where we could provide kink educational classes on from negotiation all the way out down to aftercare. And what does that look like? And what does it look like specifically for different variations of kinks? So like bondage, fire play, pup play, and so forth and so forth and so forth. And have different professors of all kinds in the city to come to the Eagle and teach um, during a happy hour time or something like that. That's one thing. And then another thing is I want to bring back diaper night. <laughs> I want yeah. to bring back diaper I was going to ask you, I've seen, I saw one of your posts, you were like, one of the first things I'm going to do is bring back diaper night. Do yeah. you think it will be more receptive this time around? I think so. Um, from, I know I have a group, I've done it before in the past in terms of different, um, in a different venue. Um, I used to host the Littles Party here in the city and I did it for about almost two years with the King Collective. And it was well received, but I felt like for a space like the Eagle, where traditionally a lot of people outside of the country would come to um, to New York City for this for diaper night, uh, it was very important for people to come and just be themselves at a bar and just meet people around the world and and be in New York. <laughs> That's the most important thing. And I thought, why not? Why not bring it back to the Eagle? Of course, there was problems in the past, but now we have a good, now we have a rep uh, representation that can actually guide us to know how to fix those mistakes and make it even better for the future. Right. And we now have you as someone to like spearhead that effort. So that's pretty cool. Yes, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really dope. And once that gets approved, you just straight sailing. Oh man, I'm so excited for it. <laughs> right. And it's and it's so it's so important for, you know, just those who wear diapers those events because that's where they meet people in real life. Like I I mean, how many times have we met people online and that's all it ever is is it's just online. There's no meeting someone in real life. Yeah, and it's it's all about bridging that connection, as you said. And to add on to that, it's all about bridging out the connection. Like people are yearning for that, especially being like two years into the pandemic and not knowing what's next or uh, being secluded into their um, secluded in their own fantasies and trying to figure out what what's real and what's not. So providing something. Um, of what people consider a fantasy to a reality is something that I, I am honored to do for people in the community. And if we could do that at the Eagle, especially for uh, gay, queer, um, gay queer people that could come and just be themselves, it's, it's like, why not? You know, you were saying that being a title holder has inspired, you know, have, has inspired others. What do you hope now that you've now that you have the title? What do you hope is the next step for either the community, either for other black queer people in New York City? Do you have any 
aspirations on what they hope they could do, seeing you as a title holder? One thing that I hope is people view themselves and other people and know that they can be the change as well, that they could inspire others to believe in their purpose and to believe in, oh, I have a vision and I need to tell you about it. Let's, let us work together to accomplish it. Um, that's just the, one of the biggest things I've learned about being a title holder. And I feel like people who are in the title holding position will learn as well is how to be a leader and how to put um, yourselves in other people's shoes in order for them to help, to help others grow. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you, have you spotted any other kinksters diaper wearers that you're like, you're next. I want you to be the next title holder. Have you found anyone? Absolutely. Absolutely. And they talk about it often. And we, I always sit down and talk about, and I always grow them too, which is fun <laughs> because it's, although it seems like a very fun task and it seems like, oh, okay, I could be Miss America. It's high, but it's, it's much more than that. And the people that are electing the title holders have been in the leather community or have been in the fetish community for years and years and years and know what they look for in these leaders of the community and how they will best represent not just one aspect of the community, but all the aspects of the community. So finding these title holders is not only, like it's, it's easy, it's easy to say that you could be a, represent, a representative, but it's not easy to say that you can do the job. And we're just looking to see if you can do the job. Right. And if you have a community behind you, I bet that helps tremendously. Exactly. So I work with the owner of Playtime, who is a black queer business owner who's also ABDL. And he always talks about how there's not enough of that representation. Was that a key thing for you running for this title? Like beyond just wearing a diaper and beyond just, you know, being a title holder was, was just that representation enough for you to be like, I need to do this because at least then I'll be tapping into a much larger community. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it even stems a little bit even further down the uh, further back where I started even showing my face. I used to never show my face because especially what I do professionally. Um, but it was, I started off in the community realizing there was not a lot of people who look like me. And it was not a lot of people, it was not a lot of black folk. And there was not a lot of queer black folk that was wearing that I could talk to and relate to and just understand and just vibe off with. And so one day I was reading, one day, I think I was either reading something or my mother was telling me something about being the change that I wish to see. And it just kept like going and going and going and it's never left my head. So I was just like, you know what? If I could curse on this, if I could curse, I'd be like, fuck it. <laughs> and so I said, I'm just going to show my face. I'm going to just try to be the best as I can be and try to be as discreet as possible. I didn't know there were other people who were in that same category or in that same boat trying to either wait to push themselves out, but me putting my stuff out there um, gave a big push for people who looked like me to get out there and just be like, it's okay. It's okay to 
be black and wear diapers. It's okay to do whatever you want. It's okay to open OnlyFans. It's okay to do X, Y, Z. And that's just been my main purpose and mission throughout my kink journey. It's just to make sure people know that in whatever space that you are in, you belong in that space. And that space should be yours as well as everybody else's. And no one should tell you otherwise. I love that. And I totally, I totally vibe with that. The whole showing your face, showing a representation, you know, saying you're not alone because how many people do we know that are just headless pics, but that, you know, that's all that they can do. But the fact that you're putting yourself out there and being like, this isn't weird. This is normal. Right. Right. And for a lot of people, um, wearing diapers, they need, they need to wear diapers. So it's to show that it's normal but to also show that there's just like people who are equally as beautiful as us to do the same things that we do and to inspire others to just help our community grow. It's something that I value. And I think that's something that a lot of people value. I love that. So beyond being a title holder, what's next on your plans of, opening up your arms and spreading the message. What do you have a, do you have a goal next after your title runs out? Ooh, my goal after my title year. Um, I probably will go traveling. One, I probably go traveling and two, I may open up a store because I, um, in my side hustle, I sew, I sew, um, leather gear, but, um, I've been, working with a manufacturer to do onesies as well. So that's going to be interesting. Ooh, a lot of new ABDL <laughs> businesses opening up. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be real fun. I have a couple of ideas that I want to do, but at the moment, uh, after all my title years and after I am now and everything, um, I'm one, I'm going to continue supporting my community and con making sure that all the projects that I have been working on stay consistent within the city, even outside the city as well. But also I want, but also, like I said, I want to open my business. I want to open a kink shop for people of all kinds of kinksters to come, whether you want to buy leather or whether you want to buy diapers and onesies, it's all in, in the same shop in one. And we could all learn about who we are together. If you had to give one piece of advice for someone that doesn't know anything about leather, where would you start? Like if someone wanted to jump into that pool, what is the best way to jump in? If someone wants to jump into the leather pool, um, my best recommendation is to do your research and to uh, attend an event in the city. Well, not in your city. And to do your research as well. Why? What's the biggest group you see people do? What's, what, what should you not do? What should you not do? You shouldn't go up to people's, uh, you shouldn't go to an event, go up to people's faces and expect them to play with you. Because I feel like a lot of people just go to a leather event, see people dressed up in full leather and expect a beating or expect them to immediately have sex with you right there and then. Where it's, for a lot of us, it's not really the case. We're just there to build and hang out and make friends and create bonds that could probably last us a lifetime. 
what happens if you want to join the community, but you don't have all that money to spend on all the leather clothes? Is there something that they can start with? Um, I know pers- for me personally, I don't have all the money. I don't have all the monies in the world. So I would start going to, uh, if you want to buy leather, I would start thrift stores. Thrift stores have really good um, leather, like people give away leather all the time at thrift stores. And you could find really good pieces for for really fair prices. And then also, let, wearing leather doesn't make you a leather man. Even if you could come in with just boots and a leather jacket, you'll be fine. And if anyone tells you otherwise, then they're, they're crazy. They're crazy because leather is internal. It's not, like, as I said earlier, it's not, it's not just wearing full cow and just walking on the street thinking that you're a big bad dom. It's the service you provide. It's the fact that you are a friend to the community. It's the fact that you can provide service and learn about each other and carry on the legacy beforehand. Like people, we need to, a lot of people need to understand with, with the, within the leather community, a lot of the people died off throughout the AIDS epidemic. And so to refurbish that, we have older leather men or pe- older leather folk teaching the new younger folks how to be leather but we're also interpreting we're also interpreting that in our own way as well. So it's it's all of who you make it, but it's also carrying on the legacy of the people behind us. Right. Know where you came from, but also know that you're part of the change that hasn't that, you know, sparked it all. Exactly. I love that. Well thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Kenzo, for coming to Newsy's Nook. If they if people wanted to find you, where the, where could they find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at PupKenzo, P-U-P-K-E-N-C-O. Or you can find me at Twitter <laughs> at Pup underscore Kenzo. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming to Newsy's Nook. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. Another big congratulations to Kenzo, our Mr. Eagle, New York City, 2022. All right, guys, I am leaking from my cage. I got to go change my undies. If you want to continue to follow me, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at NewsyBaby. And make sure to check out that link in bio for my Just For Fans page where I post all my steamy content. And make sure to use promo code NewsyBaby at checkout at the Playtime store. All right, kiddos, I got to go. See ya. Bye. how to read i don't know how to read but i heard playtime has a new bi-weekly online kink magazine it's called play zine yeah i heard if i knew how to read i could read about different fetish lifestyles events entertainment and news i guess i gotta go to the playtime website to practice my reading skills